Or in... This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. A few years ago, a nine-page feature in U.S. News & World Report was titled Hostage to Oil. As goes oil, so goes the economy, lamented the article. Now, it seems that the world is indeed held hostage to oil. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at why the matter of petroleum is so serious in the matter of viewing the nations and our position with regard to biblical prophecy. I hope you'll uh, stay tuned. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And our purpose here is not to put inordinate emphasis on oil and gas or to put inordinate emphasis on their relationship to biblical prophecy, but to help us to understand where these things fit, where they connect, like putting together a great jigsaw puzzle. You have to see where the pieces fit. And you put them in first by setting the border of your puzzle. Then, once you have done that, it becomes a little bit easier to begin to place the pieces as you see the similarity between colors, between shapes, and so on, and put those pieces together. So we do that often here on Viewpoint, and today we're doing it with regard to the matter of petroleum. Now, earlier this week, we did another program concerning gas and oil, and uh, the focus there was a little bit different than the focus here today. So we're not duplicating. We're actually looking at this through a different set of lenses, a little different perspective or viewpoint to help us to understand the bigger picture that is taking place. Now, here is the latest. Perhaps you have heard on apparent instructions from high-ranking Democrats that everything in the 2022 elections is about abortion, Stacey Adams, right there, candidate for uh, governor there in Georgia, has come out and declared boldly that killing the unborn is needed to fight inflation and the recession that America is facing under Joe Biden's policies. She said, listen to this, She said, having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. I want you to think about that. If it's even possible to wrap your mind and your heart around her statement. She said, having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. In other words, what she's really saying is why you're worried about gas, oil, and petroleum. And it registers for us at the pump. Petroleum, prophecy, and the pump. We could call it that, couldn't we, here today on Viewpoint. So what's her rationale for saying this? Well, for one thing, the Democrat Party apparently has no other issues to deal with because they're all losers. That is, all of the other issues that they focused on, they are finding to be losers. So the only one that they find captures any significant portion of the population 
is abortion. Therefore, Joe Biden has declared that he's going on an abortion rampage. Therefore, the entire Democrat Party has to go on the abortion rampage. That is their driving issue. That's where they're putting their hope for the elections in a couple of weeks. So what does Stacey Adams mean when she says having children is why you're worried about your price for gas? Well, in her mind, you see, if you have children, that means there's more demand for energy. And if there's more demand for energy, the obvious solution is have fewer children. That's the rationality. Of course, it ignores the fact that having more children also produces more people in the workforce and increases the economy, and that abortion has cost the American economy vastly, having reduced 65 million workers' children who would have become adults from the American economy since 1973. Of course, they don't want to talk about that. No. On the short term, having children is increasing the price of gasoline. It's putting pressure on prices, she says. And she says it with a straight face. I heard her actually declaring it. It's amazing. But where are where is the reality with regard to this matter of petroleum? Let's go through a series of articles that help us to put a perspective on this before we get into a greater biblical perspective on the whole issue of petroleum as it relates to the time, the season, the historical and spiritual season in which we are living, the biblical season. This article came out today. President Joe Biden's announcement yesterday directing the release of 15 million more barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Reserve marked the continuation of a year-long binge during which more than 200 million barrels have been released and the U.S. stockpile has sunk to just over 400 million barrels, its lowest level since before the first Gulf War. Now, the first Gulf War was back in the day of George Herbert Walker Bush. Remember that? The day of... George Herbert Walker Bush. That was the time when Americans put out the yellow ribbons on trees. It was very patriotic and so on. And uh, they said Americans were flooding back to church and church would never again be the same. Well, that was also the time when George Herbert Walker Bush, our president, our then president, declared before Congress a new world order. I want you to remember this. These things do connect. It was the first time an American president declared a new world order or a new world government. Then, over 200 times during his administration, he repeated the phrase, the words. And so, what he basically did was introduce for American consumption and belief the concept that we would be pressing toward a new global government or order. That's what he said. Now, at the same time, you see, the reserves of the American oil supply, the reserve, had been diminished. 
They had been diminished to the lowest ebb at that point, and now Joe Biden has reduced them again to below or just over that level. 400 million barrels sounds like a lot to you and me, but when you're talking about a reserve for a whole country, it's not that much. Now, Joe Biden has now, during uh, the last uh, month or two, or actually the last year, he has taken over 200 million barrels uh, from that reserve and used them for some purpose. What was the purpose? It was originally meant to protect the homeland against severe supply disruptions. In other words, for national security. So why has he taken the oil now? Was it for national security? No. What was it for? We'll talk about that when we get back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. The overarching issue that we're talking about here today, even though at this moment we're talking about the Democrat Party, we're talking about Joe Biden, we're talking about Stacey Adams, we're talking about their statements with regard to oil, gas, energy. But the reality is this issue is not a Democrat or Republican issue because We just finished talking about a Republican president, George Herbert Walker Bush, who back in the year uh, 1990 declared a new world order. And at that time, he was in the process of attacking Iraq, and oil was one of the big issues there that they tried to hide the issue of oil and the transportation of oil because the Taliban were frustrating America's oil companies from transporting or building a pipeline that would transport their oil uh, to the Indian Ocean. So Afghanistan, excuse me, uh, Iraq, and then Afghanistan also stood in the way stood in the way. So we had to do something about it. We're not going to go into great detail about that because we've talked about it historically here on this program. Most people were not aware of what was taking place there. But indeed, that was one of the premier issues, our access to the transportation of petroleum. Now, Mr. Biden has, over this past year, released over 200 million barrels from America's security stock of petroleum. Now, why did he do that? Was it because our national security was at stake? No. It's because the price of oil and gas at the pump was skyrocketing. So he said, okay, we'll help that problem by 
getting out some more oil into the public sphere, take it out of our reserves, and uh, make it available so it will help to reduce the price of oil. Well, it did help to reduce the price of oil for about a month. But what was the motivation? Was the real motivation reducing the price of oil? No. The real motivation was an election was coming up and the price of oil has skyrocketed. The price of gasoline at the pump had skyrocketed and people were not happy about it. Therefore, they weren't happy with the Democratic agenda and were not happy with the prospect of voting for Democrats in November. Joe Biden says, we got to do something about this. So he released this oil from our strategic reserves. In other words, what he really did was offer up America's security, sacrifice America's security in petroleum on the altar of the Democrat Party and its possible prospects in November. That's really what he did. Now, how do you view a president that is willing to sacrifice our national security on the altar of politics? What do you think about that? Just just asking. Well, here's the net result right now. 82% of likely voters say they believe that President Joe Biden's energy policy will be important in next month's congressional election, according to a new poll by Rasmussen. The survey was conducted before Joe Biden announced on Wednesday the release of another 15 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Reserve. In other words, this problem is serious, and Mr. Biden knows it. It's not serious because of America's national security. It's serious because he has set the stage for increasing oil prices, and we have to ask why. Why did he do that? And what did Mr. Biden do that resulted in the dramatic increase in oil and gas prices and the price at the pump? We'll get to that in just a few moments. This survey, as I said, was conducted before Mr. Biden announced on Wednesday the release of 15 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Reserve. 83% now of Americans say they are concerned about high prices for gas, home heating oil, and other petroleum products. 46% say Mr. Biden has done a poor job in handling energy policy. But 54% of independents, not Republicans, not Democrats, say Mr. Biden has done a poor job in handling energy policy. And those independents are the ones who are going to determine the midterm elections. You can see the problem, hopefully. So let's talk about Mr. Biden's speech on Tuesday. He made a speech on Tuesday that he has not stopped or stalled oil production. Again, I want to remind you that our purpose here is to create a pattern, a link to show 
how what is developing with regard to oil and gas or petroleum products is in fact linked to biblical prophecy and how it's unfolding. Don't forget that now. This isn't about Democrats or Republicans. It just happens Mr. Biden is the one who's at the helm and making these decisions. So we need to understand why. So he said on Tuesday that he has not stopped or stalled oil production. But in spite of this, the Biden administration has implemented policies that are derailing domestic fossil fuel output. Mr. Biden asserted that he wanted to debunk some myths about his energy policies and claimed that his administration has done the opposite of discouraging oil production. Now, obviously, he knows that he's got a problem with regard to his energy policy. Therefore, and the American people know it. That's why they're not happy with him. So he's going to try to pull the rug or the wool over their eyes to help them come to grips with the fact that he didn't really do that. So let's find out what he really did, what the facts are. He said he's going to debunk some myths about his energy policies. However, the Biden administration has instituted a regulatory crackdown on producers and discouraged investment in the oil and gas industry while blaming oil and gas companies for the resulting shortages and price hikes. No, that's not what happened at all. You can pass the blame wherever you want, but the facts still scream the truth. And here it is. Biden's claim is absolutely not true based on his very clear track record, said an energy market analyst, Phil Flynn. Biden's green policies have created a hostile environment for investment in oil and gas, which has hurt production. Now, before we even go to the rest of this article, let's remind ourselves that Mr. Biden said he promised that he was going to stop all oil pumping in this country. He was going to stop the Anwar production up there in Alaska. He was going to stop the pipeline coming down from Canada, which he did. He promised that's what he was going to do. He was going to eliminate, for all practical purposes, the production of oil and gas or petroleum from North America, from America. So, let's go on now and talk about some of these regulations. We've seen refineries close because of environmental regulations or switch to ineffective biofuels due to pressure from the Biden administration. The president either doesn't understand this, said Mr. Flynn, the analyst, or he's purposely misleading the people. The Environmental Protection Agency decided in April to rescind exemptions that would have allowed over 30 refiners to avoid blending renewable biofuels in gasoline and diesel, thus increasing the burden on refineries by hiking costs and decreasing output. Then came the Democrats' $370 billion climate spending package, which Mr. Biden signed into law in August. 
that strengthens the EPA's methane rules and imposes new taxes, which could threaten independent oil and gas producers. Notice at every point, the policies are such as to basically dare oil and gas companies to function. So, the report goes on. If the president wants to debunk some myths, let's start with the fact that he's leased fewer acres of federal and offshore land than any other president since World War II. This administration is approving just over 200 leases monthly, while the Trump administration was approving almost 400 monthly. Biden has issued the fewest acres of land for federal oil and gas leasing since the late 1940s, according to the Wall Street Journal. To round it out, Biden is currently sitting on more than 4,700 pending applications for permits to drill. Biden's Interior Department, in June, announced a five-year oil and gas leasing plan that gave the agency the option to not hold any new lease sales until the end of 2028. Now, what's supposed to happen in 2030? The Great Reset, friends. All of this is setting the stage for the implementation of the so-called Great Reset. But what's that about? Is there some way that that links to biblical prophecy? Indeed, there is. We'll get to that. Now, Biden's Interior Department in June announced a five-year oil and gas leasing plan that gave the agency the option to not hold any new lease sales until the end of 2028. But only two months later, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management found that cutting back on offshore drilling would hike energy prices and increase the U.S. dependence on foreign oil. So the truth is coming out, even from Mr. Biden's own administration. It's just disingenuous, says this report. American oil production has declined dramatically since Mr. Biden took office. The U.S. was completely energy independent for the first time ever when he took office, but now he's begging dictators for oil instead of helping pump responsibly sourced oil domestically. The White House begged Saudi Arabia uh, just a couple of weeks ago to delay cutting oil production to avoid gas price hikes before the midterms. In other words, it's all politically motivated. Had nothing whatsoever to do with the American public and your concern about gas prices and your budget. It had only to do with seducing the American people to vote Democrat at the midterms and then raise the prices again. Now, as if that's not enough, he's gone to Venezuela, lifting sanctions in order to allow Chevron to pump oil in Venezuela, but not in America. Are you beginning to get the picture? The question, though, that looms over all of this is not the facts, but why. This is the point that is seldom discussed. You'll seldom hear it in the news, and there are reasons for that. People just don't want to get out there. Plus, they don't understand what the Bible has to say. 
And so the Bible doesn't use the word petroleum, does it? No. In fact, at that time, the closest we could have come in the Bible to petroleum would be olive oil. There was no revelation of oil and gas and uh, fossil fuels until millennia later. But that's where we live, friends. Biblical prophecy, the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, did not take place and was not going to take place 2,000 years ago. It's going to take place in the near future. That's why we need to focus on these developments with regard to petroleum. Because petroleum is what makes the engines of the world run. What happens if they don't run? There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a For Pastors Only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. We're talking today about the matter of petroleum and its link to biblical prophecy. In the first half of the program, we set the stage by looking at developments right before our eyes that are linked to current politics politics in the United States of America and that are also linked to uh, politics and, indeed, major issues around the world, particularly in Europe. Why? Because the price of oil and gas has soared so astronomically high as a result of the war of Russia against Ukraine and the sanctions that uh, were begun through Mr. Biden and uh, brought about through Europe uh, as a result of Mr. Biden's efforts that have now resulted in massive shortages of oil and gas in Europe, threatening the survival of the people in Europe, particularly this winter. It's very serious. You may not think it's serious here, if particularly if you live in Florida or California, but you might think it more serious if you lived in the Northeast or if you lived in Minnesota or Wisconsin, or some other places where it gets, or or the Dakotas, where it gets pretty bitterly cold in the wintertime. Now, we're gradually beginning to move, as I take this series of articles and move our focus in the direction of a global 
significance in the context of biblical prophecy. So stay tuned. The next article, Bill Gates says deadly European energy crisis is good. Really? Well, that came at the same time Joe Biden was busy canceling as much of America's petroleum and gas industries as he could, and then OPEC announced a major cut in production. Notice the pressure that's being put on. Biden goes to Saudi Arabia to beg them to increase production of oil so that the price could come down by election. That's what he said. Saudi Arabia responded and say, I don't think so. We're going to do just the opposite. We're going to reduce production, thereby putting more pressure on you, Mr. Biden, because we don't much like you. We don't much like what you're doing. You're not a friend for us. You're just coming begging because of your political shortcomings. So... They put pressure. They said, no, we're not going to pump more uh, oil. We're going to reduce the oil pumping. Now, the net result of this is the UK's national grid is warning Britain, the Brits, that they could see energy blackouts from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. during the coldest nights of the winter. That's one. Blackouts also are not outside the realm of possibility in the United States because of shortage of supplies, experts have been warning. But now Bill Gates, the multi-billionaire, says that's really good. Now why does he say that's good? Because he says people want, don't want to be, won't uh, want to be dependent on Russian natural gas, so they'll move to these new approaches more rapidly. His approach is like that of Joe Biden, whose crackdown on American petroleum production has been near total as he pushes consumers toward ultra-expensive electric vehicles that the American grid now is not prepared to support. So, Gates said in a State of the Energy Transition presentation this week that it should be the responsibility of countries like the U.S. to move to completely decarbonize all sectors of the economy. Under Biden's policies, gasoline for cars has surged to $7 a gallon in some U.S. cities, while natural gas prices are forecast to explode during the coming winter. Now, who is Bill Gates? Well, yes, he's the founder of Microsoft, a multi-multi-billionaire, one of the richest men in the world. But who is he with regard to to this issue of petroleum and prophecy. Well, Bill Gates is one of the world's most sold-out globalists. That's what we need to understand. Bill Gates is one of the world's most sold-out globalists. He is pushing for a new world order. He is using his billions in order to help facilitate the Great Reset. He is the one who wanted to vaccinate the whole world. He is the one who has set up a patent filed with the U.S. Patent Office 
in order to not just create a vaccine, but to introduce control of economics, money, globally, through the use of a vaccine. Oh, does that sound not so much similar to the mark of the beast? Revelation chapter 13? That's who Bill Gates is. Bill Gates doesn't care two hoots about your paying $7 at the pump for gasoline or whether you can heat your home. He doesn't need to be concerned about things like that. You're just little people. He's concerned about a bigger picture, and that is a one-world government. That's what he's concerned about. And those who are consummate globalists are using environmentalism, of which oil and gas, petroleum, fossil fuels, is one of the key elements that they're using in order to sell fear into the American and world populace, saying that if we don't do this, if we don't reduce uh, the carbon footprint, if we don't reduce and eliminate uh, fossil fuels and so on, the whole world is going to self-destruct, and we just can't allow that to happen, so we're going to save you. We're going to save you and save the world by getting rid of all these things. Well, the net result of that is control, friends. Absolute control. Government control. Not just government control in the United States, but global government control. That is the goal. Global government control. Control of what? Well, yes, control of fossil fuels, control of oil and gas, control of whether you use them or not, how much you use, whether or not you will have any ability to use them at all. And if Bill Gates' wonderful little vaccine with economics tied into it takes hold, as he's filed with the U.S. Patent Office, it will control everything that you do, everything that you spend will be able to cut off your ability to spend anything and what you spend it for, including oil and gas for your vehicle or for your house. Now, those things are, shall we say, practical things. But again, our purpose here is to look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture has to do with moving the world inexorably away from governments of our various countries and so on, where at least you have some local control to a monstrous uh, global government in which only certain elites like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum are able to dictate what you will do or not do. Before we go further, I want to uh, indicate to you, uh, earlier this week we did a program dealing with the great game. Uh, Oil and gas is called the great game because it has become the big issue in the world. In fact, I'm reading from my book, 
uh, King of the Mountain, The Great Game, a global showdown is in the works. That's a quote. History is in the making, noted the report of global research. The world is now at the, quote, historical crossroads of the 21st century, unquote. The haunting specter of a major war hangs over the Middle East. Russia and Iran are the nations with the largest natural gas reserves in the world. And on and on it goes, talking about Turkey as an energy corridor to the European continent. The great game enters the Mediterranean. Oil, gas, war, and geopolitics. That's what's happening. Now, geopolitics then becomes an expression of biblical prophecy. Biblical prophecy tells us the result of geopolitics from God's viewpoint. In other words, the geopolitics and the decisions, the viewpoints that are being made around the world by those who are moving the chess pieces actually is conforming to a biblical picture that God has presented if we have willingness to see it so that you and I can prepare for what's coming. That's the purpose. Not prepare for what's coming by, you know, somehow setting up a stockpile of oil and gas in your garage. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about life. We're talking about the most important aspects of life, and that is spiritual. That's where the real issue is. But these other issues, the geopolitics and so on, are putting pressure increasingly on the spiritual and will compel the majority of men, women, and children on the planet to conform to a godless government that if you accede to it through an infamous mark, you will lose eternal salvation. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're taking a look at uh, petroleum and prophecy and uh, as it relates to politics and so on, uh, I hope that uh, through this discussion today that you will have a better picture of the dynamics of what is taking place in our world. 
as an attorney uh, who historically was able to uh, present charts and so on uh, before the court, uh, I'm not allowed to, I cannot do that here on the radio. So I have to find ways through words and through articles and so on to present this in such a way that you can catch a, a picture in your mind, in your heart, for the dynamics that are taking place. That can be a tough sell. And uh, I, I hope that uh, we're able to accomplish that here on the program today. Before we go further, get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, the Eternal Epic End Time Battle, in which you will find that chapter, The Great Game. It's a very lengthy chapter concerning the role of oil and gas in the final movement of the nations toward dominion on the Temple Mount. It's fascinating, utterly fascinating. And uh, quoting article after article after article after article from around the world to establish uh, what we're saying. And uh, oil in Israel's existence is one of the big issues. In fact, that's a subheading in the chapter, The Great Game. So the book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic End Time Battle, uh, it's a $20 book, yours for $15, on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Again, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Try to get your mind around this article. Just came out. Banks being investigated for joining the United Nations campaign to ban fossil fuels. Notice this is not Joe Biden now. It's not America. This is the United Nations. This is global. Remember, we're, we're talking about the global nature of this petroleum fossil fuel uh, issue. Banks being investigated for joining UN campaign to ban fossil fuels. More than 18 state attorneys general now are probing six major banks for involvement in a UN coalition aimed at achieving net zero fossil fuel emissions. This was just announced yesterday. Is this current? You better believe it. Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley and Wells Fargo are all members of the UN Net Zero Banking Alliance, meaning that they agree to align greenhouse gas emissions in their lending and investment portfolios. Now, what does that mean? Well, this is referred to as NZBA. It's an agreement between major banking institutions to support the climate agenda like Bill Gates was talking about, by choosing not to work with companies engaged in fossil fuel-related activities. In other words, to prevent, in so far as these banks can, prevent investment in petroleum, in gas, in oil. Now, what do you think that's going to have to do with the price at the pump? What do you think that's going to do with your personal economy? Oh, my dear friends, 
They're waging war. They are waging a global war against you. The NZBA started in April of 2021, just last year, and already boasts 119 member banks in 41 countries, comprising about 39% of the world's banking assets. The radical climate change movement has been waging an all-out war against American energy. Attorney General Paxton in Texas argued if the largest banks in the world think they can get away with lying to consumers or taking other illegal action designed to target a vital American industry like energy, they're dead wrong. This investigation is just getting started and we won't stop until we get to the truth. This is a big deal. This is revealing how the globalistic movement is gaining momentum and power and force to compel every man, woman, and child to submit. And Joe Biden in America is one of the leaders of it. Joe Biden is a sold-out globalist. He was deemed by John Kerry a sold-out globalist, who is his environmentalist czar, to be the one to basically set the stage for America and the world for the Great Reset, promised by Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum. Are you beginning to get the picture? Now, why is this significant? Petroleum and prophecy. That's what we need to focus on right now. It's because of globalism, a one-world government. You see, in order for that one-world government to take control, they have to control the energy. In order to control the energy, if they can control the energy, they control you. And they can establish their titular leader as the leader of the world on the Temple Mount. It is said that he controls the, controls the energy, rules the world. It's also said that he who rules the Temple Mount rules the world. The ultimate spiritual goal is not petroleum. Petroleum is the engine. Environmentalism is the geopolitical engine that is driving the world to accomplish a spiritual agenda, a spiritual goal that Satan has in his portfolio and that is to rule and reign from the Temple Mount. He intends to rule the world, to become a counterfeit Messiah, to become to the world as if he is the Messiah, the one who is going to deliver the world, bring peace to the planet, and resolve all of our problems, and you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Hmm. 
Now, when you begin to move into the Middle East, as I show in the book, King of the Mountain, in the chapter of the Great Game, you begin to see that petroleum, oil, and gas are actually the fulcrum item. Let me just give you some headlines that reveal Israel's hope. Oil reserves found in Israel could change power structure in the region. U.S. expert predicts oil and gas rush to Israel. Israel bids to end global oil dependency by 2020. Israel's coast may be gold mine of oil. Natural gas bonanza for Israel, possible oil bonanza as well. Oil well compared to giving of the Torah. Leviathan oil field could sustain Israel for decades. These are samples, friends. Then we shift to other Middle East countries as it relates to Israel and oil. Headlines. Erdogan drives toward armed clash with Israel. Oil and gas at stake. Israel painted as bad guy to speed Lebanese drilling. From Israel, we will defend gas fields. Next, Putin eyes Lebanon's energy sources. Where's, where is Lebanon? Right on the northern border of Israel. This last two weeks, Israel has been engaged in petroleum uh, shenanigans, so to speak, entering into an agreement with Lebanon, much to many in Israel's consternation, that they're giving up ground that they don't have to give up. Oil and gas are critical in the prophetic position of Israel in the near future. We can see the the pattern. It's all right there. So in Ezekiel 38 and 39, when the prophet talks about Gog and Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, when he talks about uh, uh, that power base, Gog and Magog, choreographing secretly with Persia, which is Iran, and with Tagarma, and with Gomer, and with Libya, and with Sudan, and, in other words, and many other nations with them. These are either Islamic nations, or they are nations that are strong in petroleum, oil, and gas. Why? Are they going to confederate together to attack Israel to take a spoil? Why are they going to do that? It seems pretty obvious. Israel is going to have massive petroleum revealed. Already has it in terms of gas. Several major, major developments off the coast of the Mediterranean there 
that has made Israel independent concerning gas no longer has to get it from Russia or Iran or Egypt. Now they can export it. But that was for gas. How about petroleum? How about oil? You see, petroleum is creating the pressure around the world. Even what's going on with uh, Russia and Ukraine and uh, all of that, Europe, and all of the echoing consequences, like dropping a pebble in the pond and watching the ripples of concentric circles go out. And ultimately, if you listen, if you watch those concentric circles, what you're seeing at almost every point is petroleum, energy, gas, oil, So, seeing then that these things are developing, you say, well, what do I have to do with that? You don't have anything directly to do with it, except that this begins to show us the season of history that we're in. That's why we need to understand these things. We need to understand them not because you can do a whole lot about that. No. You can't go out and drill uh, for oil in your backyard. But what you can do is prepare the way of the Lord in your life, in the life of your children, in the life of your grandchildren. You can begin to disciple for destiny. You can begin to prepare them to endure to the end. You can begin to do what you should have been doing for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Pastors, you're going to have to do the same thing. No more time to keep playing games. It's not business as usual anymore. We need to understand that we must prepare the way of the Lord because he's coming soon. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. Also the latest book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, right there on our website, saveus.org. Hope this has been helpful, at least informational, and hopefully transformative. God bless you. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.